Good morning, Living Word. Good morning, morning Mannaites. We bless the Lord. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Certainly, we will agree that the Lord is worthy to be praised. We ought to give Him thanks as we celebrated the Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, this past Sunday. We certainly want to continue giving God thanks for all that He has done for us throughout the years when we think back over our lives and to remember all that the Lord has done, we can truly say that the Lord has been good. Amen. And I'm pretty sure all of us, all of you that listen to Morning Manor, can truly say that the Lord has been good. Amen. When we think back the last couple of years, I'm going through the plague and you know, all that we suffered through that time and sickness and the death and everything else that went on. But we're still here. We're still thankful. God is still good to us. He's still God. He has not changed. He has not gotten older. He has not gotten sick. He's still God. He's still awesome. He's still majestic. He's still powerful. And there's still none like him. And so as the word says, this is the day that he has made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. I want us to understand that that particular scripture that every day God makes it. He makes every day. I mean, he could shut this whole process down whenever he wants. He really can. The sun don't have to rise anymore. You know that, right? It really does not have to. And so he creates every single day because he has a purpose in mind. And so there's a purpose for this day, just as there's a purpose for you to be in this day. If you had no reason to be here, you would not be here. If there was no purpose for you, you would not still be here. You'd have been taken out of this day. But we thank God that we still have purpose and there's a plan for our lives. God said, I know the plans and the thoughts I have for you. Thoughts of good, not of evil, and to bring you to an expected end. Simple means God has great expectations for your life. Amen. So we must give him thanks. Acknowledge him every morning, every day, every moment. Amen. The Bible said we must always pray without ceasing. Simply means we must stay in connection with our creator, with our heavenly father. And so we give him thanks today and we bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth is for all generations. Today, I want to talk about a wonderful world. You're like, oh God, what are you going to talk about today? It's a wonderful world. And what world is wonderful? A world of love. Can you imagine if we lived in a world of love? How wonderful it would be. It would be a wonderful world. The Bible says that at the end of everything, love is going to remain. There's three things that's never going to cease. That's, that's faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of this. Is love. And so it's a wonderful world. The Bible said God is love. And if God is love and everything about God is wonderful, imagine if we operated in love like God is love. Amen. Jesus says, A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you should also love one another. In 1 John 4 and 12, it says, no man has seen God at any time. 
But if we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. So, um, most of us really just equate love to feelings, right? You know how you feel about somebody, that is love. Um, but we know, if we're human beings, feelings come and go. And so, if your love is based on feelings, then your love is going to be as fleeting and as changing as your feelings. So it has, in, in the Bible said, God never changes. So if God never changes, that means love should never change. <laughs> right? Because the Bible said God is the same yesterday, today, forevermore. And then scripture said he is love. So the attribute of, who, of love that is God never changes. So if we begin to operate in that level, in that attribute of God, that means our love will never change. So that means love cannot be based upon feelings. You say if you love somebody and then later on you don't love them anymore, in my estimation, you never really love them. Right? It might have been just an attraction. It could be a deep attraction. You know, it could be lust too. Right? It could just be a desire, but not really love because love can't change. I've always said if you really love somebody, you will never stop loving them, whether they are with you or not. Amen. Just because you love somebody doesn't mean they're gonna they're gonna spend the rest of their life with you. Okay? Because love is not always reciprocated. You can love somebody, they don't love you back. You can give love and don't receive love back. Right? Just like sometimes you can plant and don't reap from whatever you plant. It dies. And never, you never reap from it. So these are all the things that we have to deal with in life. But when we go into scripture and look at some of the things that Jesus says to us, and, you know, especially the Sermon on the Mount, this is, and some of the things he says on the Sermon on the Mount, you're like, oh, why? That doesn't even make sense. I mean, he says, love your enemies. Well, why would you need to love your enemies? That doesn't, it doesn't compute, if you know what I mean, right? Because you know when you love your enemies, in, in our mind, that makes no sense because they're, they're, they are your enemies. They, they, they want to destroy you. And a true enemy is somebody that's actively trying to kill you. That's a true enemy. So a lot of times when folks we consider enemies, they're not really enemies. They, they may be adversaries, you know. Um, they may not like you because you have more than them or because you, you're better looking or something about you. Some people just don't like you. Sometimes they don't even know why they don't like you. But we really can't make them enemies because they're not actively trying to destroy you. An enemy is actively trying to destroy you. You may have enemies on your job that is actively trying to destroy you. They lie on you. They may take your work and change it to make you look bad in front of your boss and all those kind of things. Those are real enemies. But here Jesus says, you are to love your enemies. How can that possibly work? How can you hate some? How can you love somebody that's hating you? How can you love somebody that's actively trying to destroy you? Well, if we can learn to love somebody like that, it totally changes our world. It creates a total different mindset, a total different environment, a total diff different understanding. We begin to see totally 
different. So I said, a wonderful world. If we lived in a world where it's just love, it would be wonderful. But just because there is hate does not mean that love cannot be greater. As a matter of fact, the Bible said love is greater. All Everything else is going to cease, right? So that means hate and all those things are going to cease. All those things are going to cease. The only thing that's going to be left is faith, hope, and love. Think about that for a minute. Right? So love is more powerful than hate. Because why? Because love is of God. But love is of God. So it's far more powerful than hate. Hate cannot overrule or destroy love only if love allows it to. Mm -hmm. Because love, God is love. And if God is love and we have the spirit of God in us, then that same love empowers us to eradicate, overwhelm, and destroy hate. Right? So Jesus says, love your enemy. So that means it's, it's an action word. You know, we talk about love being an action word. It, sure, it certainly is. It has nothing to do with your feeling. It's an action word. That means I must take active effort right, to give what I'm not receiving. Hmm, think about that for a second. It's the faint of heart. That's why I say true Christianity is not for the weak-minded. It really is not. You can't be a true Christian and be weak-minded because this stuff will kill you. This stuff will not compute. This stuff you can't live if you are weak-minded, right? If you're easily overwhelmed, easily victimized, if you, you're easily depressed, and you can't be a true Christian because Christianity requires you to be strong-willed. <laughs> it does. It does. The Bible says, haven't done all, stand. Not lay down and give up. <laughs> Matter of fact, the Bible says, even if you're cast down, you're still not destroyed. There's still life in you. That means there's something in you that requires you to go on. It, it just requires you to move on. It requires you to keep on going. There's something in you when you're really a true child of God. There's something in you that pushes you, that makes you want to go on. So when the Bible says love your enemy, it's an active effort to give what you're not receiving. And may I say this? It's not easy to do, especially um, if you're in uh, an unloving marital relationship. It's not easy to do. To give what you're not receiving. It's not. Because the natural person in you makes you want to give back what you're receiving. So if you're, give, if you're receiving hate, you want to give that back. And so it takes a very strong person to counteract what they're receiving. Switch it around and give love instead. Why? Because you are trying to build a wonderful world for yourself. That's what it's all about. You know when the Bible says you got to work out your own salvation? Yeah, you got to work out the thing to save your own life. You better learn how to work it out to make your own life wonderful. You cannot depend on people to create a wonderful life for yourself. You better learn to do it yourself. <laughs> you got to learn to do it yourself. And so you can't just depend on anybody to make your life wonderful. It's strictly up to you. 
If it is to be, it is up to me. I cannot say that enough. And so we get instruction from scripture and scriptures tell us these things and they seem so far-fetched. Sometimes you say, Jesus, what in the world are you talking about? And it goes on to say, bless the one who curses you. Really? How does that work? <laughs> Think about that for a minute. How does that work? Somebody's cussing you in your face, right? Saying all kinds of rude things, bad things, using all the bad words, spitting in your face. But you are required to bless that person. But after they get done cussing, then you say, may God bless you. May the blessings of God come up on you. <laughs> wow. Really? Is that what God requires? May I say, yes, that's what he requires. He doesn't want you to respond the way that your feelings require you to respond. Remember I said, love has nothing to do with your feelings. It's an attribute of God. And God is love. And so Jesus says, this is a whole new commandment I'm giving you. <laughs> love. Love. Love one another. Love even your enemies. Those who are actively trying to bring about your demise. God said, treat them with love. You know that word, treat? <laughs> treat them. That means they need the medicine. Treat them. Yeah. And so hateful people need to be treated. What is the treatment for hate? Love. It's the medicine for hate. Think about that for a second. I know we don't think of it like that, right? But it's medicine. Yes. Love is a medicine for jealousy. Did you know that? Yeah. If you really, if you're a jealous person, you got to switch that. You got to apply love. Love is the treatment for jealousy, the treatment for hate. Yes, and that's why the Bible said love is going to be here forever. Why is it going to be here forever? God is love. Love your enemy. Bless the one who curses you. Watch this now. Do something wonderful for the one who hates you. <laughs> wow. This is powerful stuff. This is powerful stuff. And as I said before, this is not for the weak-minded. This is for people who are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And if you cannot work like this, and if you can't do this, you're not strong yet. You're still weak. Mm -hmm. I know you may be able to get your shout on speaking in tongues and all that kind of stuff and pray longer than anybody else. But if you can't practice this, you're still weak. You're very weak. If you can't love your enemy, you're weak. If you can't bless somebody who curses you, you're weak. If you can't do something wonderful to somebody who hates you, you're still weak. You'll still have weaknesses in you, which must be eradicated and which must be treated. In this case, for us, we need to be treated by faith and tr faith and trust in the word of God. That what God tells us to do is for us to create a wonderful life. It is. Right? It's a life of God, a life that's pleasing to God. That is wonderful. It doesn't mean all your circumstances are perfect. Now, let's get that straight. A wonderful life doesn't mean all your circumstances are perfect. It means you're in right relationship with God. 
You're living in harmony with his word. You see, life is not just in the physical. Life is more in the spiritual. And so we can have a wonderful life in the spiritual that will become our reality in the physical. Amen. But we must be able to understand what the word of God is saying and what the Bible is talking about. Love is an attribute, it's not a feeling. And so that's where we make a mistake. That's where we make our mistakes. Because we think love is about feeling. And then, you know, you know, you have you hear couples who say, you know, oh, I'm so in love with this person. Oh my God, we're gonna get married because we're in such love. Six months later, they're separated. <laughs> Another six months, they're divorced and they found somebody else that they're now in love with. <laughs> See, that's because they never loved. Mm -mm. Nope, wasn't love, infatuation. And so we have, love comes through knowledge, right? It's an attribute. And once love connects to the object of his love, that is loving, it never separates. It's always connected. And even though the object may be a part, love never leaves. It never fails. How do you know that? Yeah, it's in scripture. You go to 1 Corinthians 13. It'll tell you. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love is not boastful. Love is not proud. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful. Then it goes on to say, prophecy, speaking in tongues, spiritual knowledge will become useless. But love will last forever. Love never fails, never ends. It lasts forever. So if you really love somebody, you can never stop loving them. I don't care. I don't care if they go if they gone off with somebody else. You never stop loving them. Yeah, because love never fails. Amen. So if you love somebody today and tomorrow you hate them, <laughs> you don't love them. No, nah, that's not love. It's just infatuation. It's just that feeling that love brings with it. You know, it's, you see, we get we, we are mistaken a lot of times because the feeling of love is what we're dealing with and not the attribute of love. And so when we get the attribute of love, then it's, it's not about feelings. It does create feelings. It absolutely does. But it's not about feelings because if you even if you're not feeling lovely, you should have the knowledge that you love still. Amen? Because even the people that we love don't always make us feel good. Do you stop loving them because they do something that you did not like? No. Love looks beyond that. Matter of fact, love takes every moment, every interaction as a teaching moment. So when people treat us bad, Right? How we respond to it determines on our level of love, our level of understanding of love. People do us wrong. How we respond to it, it's, it's based upon our level of understanding of love. That we When we respond in love, it neutralizes the negative emotions that wants to overcome us. Because remember, it's not about them. It's really about you. You think forgiveness is about the people? No, forgiveness is about you. It's, it's about you creating that wonderful world. It's about you freeing yourself of the baggage of unforgiveness. 
Amen. So when we so when we are when we are given hate and we treat it with love, we are treating ourselves. We are. We we are we are perfecting ourselves. Right? And that's why first John 4 12 says, um, if we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. So when we extend love, who is perfected? We are. Right? Because people have to deal with their own issues. You cannot change anybody else. You cannot make people do what you feel that they should do. The only person that you are responsible for is yourself. Mm -hmm. Because as I said before, you can love somebody with all your heart. And they would, they sometimes they pay you no attention. They don't even know. They, you do everything, but they don't receive it like that. Right? They don't receive it. They just think it's an annoyance. And you just pouring out all this love. And they're like, oh, whatever. And they're focusing on somebody else. <laughs> so when scripture talks about love, you know, I'm, I'm saying that love is what we use to create a wonderful world. When you can see people, things, attitudes through a lens of love, how do you think Jesus on the cross after he was beaten, spat upon, bruised, lied on, faced a mock trial, accused, sentenced to die the worst death that mankind, mankind can die. How do you think he was able to say, Father, forgive them? They don't know what they do. Because he understood love. He's love. Yeah, that's the only reason why he could be able to do it. Because of his love. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Think about that for a moment. What will you give up? What will you sacrifice if you really love? Yes. See, we can build a wonderful world, but we only can build it when we understand the attribute of love. And when we fully understand that it has nothing to do with feelings. It goes beyond that. Yeah, people can make you feel bad, but you still love them. People can do bad things to you, but you still love them. They can curse you, but you still love them. And you treat <laughs> with love. Consider love a treatment. right? For all the negative things, for the jealousy and the hate. Treat it with love. What are you going to treat? What's the medicine? Love. Somebody ask you what medicine you have for hate. Tell them love. What medicine you have for jealousy? Love. <laughs> yeah, it's a medicine. Right? And guess who get treated first? You. <laughs> you treat yourself first. <laughs> because many people may not want your medicine. They may not want it. So you make sure you're treated. When hate slaps you on the face, treat yourself. With love. That means you respond in a loving way. Right? So when the Bible said bless the one who curses you, it means that you are treating yourself with love. Yeah, you are. Right? Because you are blessing them. You're speaking to them. You're talking to them. You're responding with love. 
you're the first recipient of the blessing of that. If they receive it, God bless them. They are better off if they receive it. But you will always receive it. Right? So when you bless those who curse, you are the first beneficiary of that. Hmm? I know it's kind of tough to understand. You know, especially, you know, I've seen um, ladies who, who have kids with husbands and four or five kids and they get up and walk out and leave them. How could they possibly do that? How is that possible? How could somebody be so unloving and leave them, move on to somebody else? And the woman is stuck with all the kids and then she lives a life of resentment, right? And it just totally destroys her life because she's resentful. She has the kids turn against her, their fathers because they, they receive her resentment. Whenever she talks about him, she talks bad about him. And so the children do the same thing. And so her feelings is now transferred to her children. So instead of love, resentment, hate, all those things, which only brings more hate, brings more resentment, brings sickness, brings disease, right? brings lack, it works against you. So wherever there's resentment, there is hate, it works against you. So get rid of it. It'll shut down the process of your increase. It will. And then you find yourself struggling. Sometimes you're struggling. Not because, you know, you're not in a good job. No, you're in a bad mind. <laughs> yeah, a bad mindset. It destroys the possibilities. It causes you to not see opportunities. It causes the heavens to close over your life. And so make sure. You know, if you're not in a good relationship, especially if you're married and the relationship is not good, what are your thoughts about it? What are your thoughts? How are you thinking? You think your husband is mean? You think your wife is mean? Right? Do you think um, they're selfish? They're bossy? All those things that you're thinking and you're projecting, that is what you're going to have. You're going to consistently have it if that's what you're thinking and that's what you're saying. If you consistently talk about how bad the situation is, you're going to have consistently a bad situation to talk about. Mm -hmm. Yes, you are. You keep on talking about how horrible your relationship is. Well, guess what? You're going to always have a horrible relationship to talk about. Mm -hmm. Yes, you are. You're going to keep what you keep on talking about. You're going to keep it until you learn to change what you're saying. And you come from a base of love and not allow just your feelings or just your situation to propagate and keep on spewing out of your mouth. Your words are seeds. They are, and they begin in your thoughts. Your thoughts then are seeds, are the producer of seeds. And so when your thinking change, when you learn to bless those who despitefully use you, Bible say pray for those who persecute you, pray for them that hurt you. That means you will pray positively. You don't pray for God to kill them. <laughs> you don't pray for them to come become nothing. You don't know. You don't do that. You don't pray for their pathways to be pathways of destruction. No. When we change, Jesus said, it's a new commandment. It's new. It ain't like the old one. An eye for an eye. 
tooth for a tooth. No, that's the old commandment. He said, I give you a new one. That's what it means. I give you a new one. Love your enemies. Right? Love your enemies. And so, the children of God, this thing, creating a wonderful world, is based on the foundation of love. And we're going to continue to talk about this in the next upcoming days. Because this is something that is just fascinating to me. Right? Just really fascinating to me that, you know, my situation is not perfect, but I've learned to be perfect in my situation. And so as people of God, we need to learn that your situation is not perfect, but you can be perfect in your situation because you have love of God. And it is his love that is perfected in us. Go look at it in 1 John 4 and verse 12. Read it for yourself. Pastor Walters is not making that up. No, that is the word of God. Amen. So I pray that a morning manna today was actually food to you, a good breakfast, that if you listen today, you will go to go through a day considering and hopefully I've created um, a means of your thinking uh, or means for you to begin to think a little differently and to react to your situations a little differently. And we're going to talk a little bit more. I'm going to go into a little deeper. But to keep our podcast at a certain time limit, i got to cut it off now. But stay tuned. More is coming. Let us pray. Father, I come to you now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for all that you have done. I give you praise. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for reminding us that you are love. That love is an attribute, not a feeling. And I pray, God, that as I've shared this morning, I pray that this manna, that God, we will receive it, that it will be bread. And God, we will receive nourishment from it, that we can change and we can be transformed into the wonderful things that you have in store for us. I thank you for doing it, God. Thank you for the day that you have made because everything in today, God is designed for it to be wonderful and for it, for us to feel and for us to occupy in gladness. Thank you again. Thank you for giving us love. Lord, even when we didn't think of you, you thought of us. Even when we cursed you, you blessed us. Even when we turned our back on you, you turned towards us. And for this, we are eternally grateful. Thank you for having us in your thoughts. And thank you for not canceling your plans for our lives. Even though we were ungrateful, even though we did not reciprocate your love to us, God, we thank you for still pouring out your love. Thank you again. And I pray, God, we will become like you. Give unconditional love. Bless those who curse us. Pray for those who use us and abuse us. Love our enemies. All those things that you have instructed us to do in your word. And so now, Father God, I pray. And I thank you for the favor that is on our head, the increase on our hands, the swiftness 
upon our feet. Thank you for forgiving our past, preserving our present, guaranteeing our future. And thank you for there's not a feeble one amongst us. For we're healthy, we're wealthy, we're strong, and you are God. And in the power of your might, for though our beginning was small, our latter end has greatly increased. For the end revealed is a sure thing. Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh.